are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. I'm going to recap The Bachelorette. Got a couple pop culture things for you. Just a couple final notes regarding the Dustin podcast and my doctor's appointment yesterday. So we'll get to that momentarily. As you know, this podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Guys, I'm telling you, you got to do this. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve135 and use code realitysteve135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve135. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's get started. For those of you that have been with me for a long time, I have used to do a Thursday show. It was a live show. This was 10, 12 years ago, maybe. It was a Thursday night show. Remember when I did it live and I used to take your questions and stuff like that? At that time, I introduced you to my niece and nephew. And I've talked about them occasionally in my uh, column, in my podcast. Sometimes I'll bring them up and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, just real quick before we get started here, just want to wish my niece, Olivia, good luck as she heads to college today it's crazy to think it but holy shit she's leaving for college today and it's kind of crazy to think that i mean I, there's no other it is bizarre to think that she's leaving for college today but wish her the best of luck for all of those you that have followed her oh and if you've also come to the party in um, las vegas every year my fan appreciation party Olivia has been there the last, I think she's been there the last four years. The first two years she didn't come, but the last four years, I believe she's been there. Either three or four. So those of you who have met her, spoken to her at the party, yeah, she leaves for college today, so I wish her the best of luck. She doesn't listen to this podcast, so she doesn't know I'm saying that, but we all wish her luck. All right, let's talk a little bit about last night's episode, the hometown date episode, something that the whole time this season was going on and we've realized that we weren't getting double the fun here this season. We were getting half the fun because they kept the episode amount the same and they kept the episode longevity the same two hours every Monday night. Yet we had two bachelorettes. So they had to squeeze everything and basically cut everything in half. So naturally we get to the hometown dates and just the way everything was set up. If you go to bachelor data, I'm going to have it in today's column on realityseed.com bachelor data has the screen time breakdown and just how off it was of some guys getting barely any time on their hometown. Date. Johnny got like eight minutes for his hometown date. That's <laughs> I mean, look, we all know what happens with Johnny. He doesn't last and he gets down and he goes down to paradise. Spoiler alert. Johnny goes down to paradise and gets engaged to Victoria Fuller. So that's probably why they don't care to give him much time. Cause he's pretty much gone the next episode or not the next episode. Cause next episode is mental all, but pretty much gone, eliminates himself in um, in Mexico. But, I mean, at least make it to, so where you, the unspoiled maybe think that Johnny wins. I don't know. But when the first two guys, so the first two guys that we see for Gabby are Jason and Johnny's date, and it's just like both of those guys, Jason tells his mother, as of right now, I'm not ready to be engaged. So maybe the rumors of him leaving are true. I don't know for sure. Like I said, I've never gotten it confirmed, but 
That's what I've heard from people, that Jason eliminates himself at the end. Which, after what he saw, what we saw him say on the episode last night, kind of makes sense. But, again, it could just be them showing us that, and that's not the way it goes down. But I don't know. But, first off, as at, per usual, they showed the hometown dates out of order, which they always seem to do. They were filmed back in April, and Gabby's went Eric, Jason, Johnny, Last night, it was shown Jason, Johnny, Eric. Rachel's went Avon, Tyler, Zach, Tino. Yet last night, they showed Zach first, then Tyler, then Tino, and then Avon will be shown at the beginning of next week's episode leading into the Men Tell All. So not that this is surprising. They do this every season. They don't show the order shown on TV is not usually the order that was done during filming. And once again, last night was another perfect example. But I guess for Jason's big date, the biggest thing to come from that was him telling his mother right now, yeah, I'm not ready to be engaged. I'm not, I'm not there. Um, I can never see, he even said, I you know, can never see myself getting engaged on this show. And he said it was not realistic to him. So. Did his mind change in two weeks and he thought he could get there? I, I, you know, I don't know, but certainly setting it up for a possible him leaving at the end. And his date was in New Orleans. Look, I've been to New Orleans. I've been right where they were, down on Bourbon Street. Been there, I think, twice. Went to Mardi Gras once, and then I was down there for something else basketball-related. Look, I've had a beignet, and I've had a beignet from Café Du Monde. And that's the name of it, right? Café Du Monde? Du Monde? Anyway, it's overrated. It's powdered sugar on dough. It doesn't taste like a donut at all. A donut? Dunkin'. <laughs> That's a donut. Winchell's. That's a donut. <laughs> Here in Dallas, Hertz Donuts, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Those are donuts to me, not powdered sugar on dough. Like I know you're saying, well, Steve, a donut is sugar on dough. Yes, I get it, but... I like my glazed donuts. I like my chocolate bars. I like my maple bars. I like apple fritters. Putting powdered sugar on a dough is not a donut. So, sorry, they're overrated. Don't at me. Zach's hometown was interesting because we knew going into it that his uncle was Patrick Warburton, buddy from Seinfeld. But during the episode, during when they were sitting there talking to the family, I think he said one line, and it was pretty generic. It was just something about the family. But during the credits, if you actually watch the credit scene, it was all Rachel talking to Putty. And at the very end, Rachel says to him, can I ask you something? He says, what? She said, can I get a high five? Now, the question now becomes, did Rachel really ask that because she's a huge Seinfeld fan? Or do you think production put her up to that to be like, hey, ask Putty for a high five? Maybe Rachel will answer that in a podcast interview or something. Maybe she won't. I maybe we'll never get an answer to it. I don't know. But my guess is that Rachel was told to ask that by production. Could be just me. Could be just me. Johnny's hometown was yet another guy who basically said, you know, struggling with, I don't know if I can get there. And he mentioned not being there yet with her, which is definitely... Um, something that comes up in two two weeks from now because he definitely eliminates himself in Mexico. T 
Tyler's hometown date. I that was tough because Tyler just seems like a very nice guy, good good looking guy, nice guy all around. Was totally into the date. It looked like Rachel was having fun. Hell, the day this date was happening, you saw all the videos and pictures that were getting out that day. It was the one hometown date where if you were following along on social media, you were literally following that date frame by frame because so many pictures and videos got out. And at the time it was filming, nobody ever thought this was going poorly. They looked like they were having fun. They were eating corn dogs. They were eating funnel cakes. They were playing the games. But that was the first time we had ever seen Rachel interact with Tyler while filming was going on. So we didn't know basically up to that point she'd friend zoned him. It just wasn't there physically, romantically, and she knows, shit, next episode is overnights, and I'm just not there with him. And it's perfectly fine, and it's it's probably better that she did let him down easy or tell him then at that point. However, that was brutal to watch. Like, it was tough. Not that Rachel did anything wrong, because she didn't, but watching someone get dumped who was just admitted that he loved her, and then she literally did a deer-in-the-headlights look, and was like, oh, shit. And, you know, kind of just stopped him right there. Like, hey, I, you know, you're you're an incredible person. I had the most incredible day. Basically a version of it's not, it's not you, it's me. Even though it kind of was him. It's just that she wasn't into him, which is perfectly fine. But did it suck to watch? Yes. Did it suck to watch him go home and have the cameras there? And have that family all excited that Rachel's going to come home and then just disappoint them by him telling them, hey, you know, she let me go and whatever. Did that need to be done? No, but I know why they did it. It's television. But it, God, that was, that was tough. Speaking of tough, Eric's hometown date. Yeesh. I, I, I mean, what else can you say? Like, Dad's had cancer for three years, shouldn't even be alive. And watching the mother be his caretaker, I, I just just a hard, hard date to watch. And for those that don't know and didn't maybe pay attention at the very end when they gave the in memoriam and follow Eric on social media, Eric's dad did end up passing away on July 6th. So he's he's posted about it a couple times but if you don't follow him you wouldn't know that and maybe you didn't catch the in memoriam at the end i was glad that they actually acknowledged it that was good that they did but just another rough rough date to watch but you could tell that um the things that gabby said and things that gabby did i think really point in a certain direction to say the least and then for tino's date are, that was the one this season where it was the parents are struggling with this all happened so fast. It's like, okay, come on. <laughs> you know, this guy was no Matt effing Randolph, but the dad was very skeptical of the whole thing. And, you know, at this point, it's like, I, I clearly they've gotten over it. And I'm sure they're happy now and they love Rachel, but they have to show some sort of conflict. And that was their conflict. So that was last night's episode. I'll have a little bit of a recap up in um, my website today, realitysteve.com. So go there and check out my recap. One thing I want to mention going forward in regards to the Dustin podcast that I spent most of yesterday's podcast on, if you want to check that out. 
I mentioned the comments numerous times, and the comments are still up on Dustin's Instagram page of, well, it's not his Instagram page, Bachelors in the City podcast. If you go to the clip of them talking about Friday's podcast, if you read the comments, it's 98% people saying, Dustin, this is very misogynistic, this is woman shaming, this is sexist. It was all those things wrapped up into one. And you could see in the very beginning, Dustin was commenting back to people like, no, no women shaming here. I'm pro woman, but just wanted to get some context out there. And people were just like, no, Dustin, you're not understanding this. Like when you have 98% of your comments and mostly of them being women telling you, you did something wrong, you should probably not fight it. My guess is, and I have reason to believe this based on the fact that I know that that producer, I, I called her Emily yesterday. I apologize. Her name is Emma. I know that they've reached out to domestic violence and rape victims who contacted them and told them, hey, that was wrong and really shitty of what Dustin said, because you're really diminishing a woman when you call her a party girl and stuff like that. And I know that they've reached out to a um, domestic violence rape victim and asked them to come on the podcast to talk about it. So it's like they want basically someone who had to suffer through that to explain to them why Dustin's what Dustin said was wrong because why else would you ask them to come on the podcast if that happens or not I have no idea I don't know if they're going to do it but I know they're reaching out so I would expect and I think it's necessary that when Bachelors in the City has their next podcast I don't know if it comes out every Friday or if that Friday podcast was like an emergency one to uh, address the Nate situation. I don't know what their podcast schedule is, but my guess is the next bachelors in the city podcast will be Dustin apologizing for the things that he said on that podcast. Cause if he doesn't and he, and he doesn't acknowledge it and he doesn't acknowledge all the people that are coming after him in the comments, then he really doesn't get it. And it probably makes it worse. At this point, Dustin, just own up to what you did. You said some really shitty things, and you really didn't really think of anything other than your friend when you call people party girls. I mean, it, not the type of woman you marry. It was if, if, if that came from you, it's a horrible thing to say. If it came from Nate, it's bad on him. But I have a feeling that Dustin is going to apologize, and if he doesn't, then he's not taking any accountability at all for what he said and his take would be along the lines of something like a, a, a Nick would do where it's just like people call him out like when he had me on the podcast and a bunch of people attacked him and he's like well reality Steve's got some really passionate fans like no dude you did something wrong own it acknowledge it I've done it numerous times it's way easier that way realize the mistake that you made correct it don't do it again we're all not perfect. We get it. Dustin said some things that were really shitty on that podcast. But if he fights it and says, I was just trying to give context, I didn't mean it. You pissed off enough people, Dustin. Go read your comment section. So I hope he does. And, you know, we're not trying to can't and we're not trying to cancel Dustin. We're not canceling him. We're not throwing stones at him like he said we were at Nate. It's none of that. But when somebody does something like he did on his podcast on Friday, he needs to be held accountable. And I think some accountability is in those comments, but he's got to acknowledge those comments for him to, to make himself accountable. If he just ignores it, 
then what good does that do? Because then all we have left is last Friday's podcast, and that's not good enough, dude, at all. So I hope he acknowledges it, and I hope he realizes what he said was wrong numerous times. I mean, there were plenty of things. I went over them yesterday in the podcast. Go listen if you don't want to go listen to Bachelors in the City. I want to wrap up with this. I had my first doctor's appointment yesterday, and long story short, I'm a moron. I knew that this was going to be a long recovery, and I remember my doctor telling me, you know, you're not going to be walking for about 10 to 12 weeks, walking normally for 10 to 12 weeks. For whatever reason, in my mind, I kind of processed that as I'm not going to be walking without assistance for 10 or 12 weeks. Because yesterday they took off the splint and I'm now in a boot. So for some reason, my brain equated boot with walking. And my doctor's like, no, you cannot put any pressure on your foot. It's not fully healed. So I'm basically where I've been for the last two weeks in surgery, except instead of a splint, I have a boot on. Now, the tape is off my foot. Everything is off my foot. All I have is a sock and a boot. Before, I had a splint with uh, bandages and, you know, tape on it and stuff like that. That was all taken off yesterday. I finally saw my scar for the first time. Not fun. (laughs) Uh, Pretty long scar, to say the least. But, yeah, I'm basically not going to be able to walk for another two months. Two, two and a half months. I'm relegated to my scooter, which thank God I got the, um, the super duper scooter here with the shocks and the all-terrain wheels. Yesterday was the first time I left my house by myself and got in a car by myself and did everything by myself. Of course it had to be on a day when it's raining. So I literally get there. I'm parked. I'm not parked in a handicap spot because I haven't gotten my handicap sticker yet. I have to hop to the back seat, get my scooter out, set the scooter up, all doing this in the rain. I get in the, and then I had to scoot my way in and wheel my way into the doctor's office. I'm dripping wet. I'm just like, of all days, of all days. We literally had over 100 for like three months straight out here. And we just had seven inches, seven and a half inches of rain. No, nine and a half inches of rain, August 21st and 22nd. Between yesterday, uh, between Sunday and Monday, we had nine and a half inches of rain in Dallas after having literally the second or third hottest summer in the history of Dallas. So, yeah, go figure. And the one and the the time I have a doctor's appointment, I'm stuck in the rain trying to get my scooter all set up and putting it in the back seat. Oh, by the way, I. Got my new car this weekend. I have a three-year lease, so I just get a new car every three months or three years. And um, now my seats are all dirty because I had to put wheels in them that had just come off the ground that were all wet. So, yeah, it just, again, look, I understand people have it way worse than I do. But for my situation, yeah, I'm bitching because it just sucks. It sucks not being able to walk. I wrote it in my – I said it. In my column today, you'll see it's like the first, this is the first time I've ever had a part of my body that was completely immobile and I couldn't use. And it's the everyday chores that are just killing me. The fact that it's so, the, the most difficult thing I've had to do is shower. It's just so hard to shower because 
I have to be so careful in there that I don't fall. I have to wheel my scooter in. I have to have the scooter right outside the shower door. I'm leaving the shower door open. I have a chair in the shower now that I'm sitting in. I put my leg outside of the shower. I'm facing the shower as I shower for the first time in my life. You know, usually put your shampoo on and you turn your back to the water. And yeah, now I'm facing the shower because I'm sitting in a chair. Then I have to pull myself up using the wall of the shower and the guardrail, not the rail, but the door of the shower. I have to dry off in the shower because I don't want to get off the seat all wet and walk around my bathroom all wet. It is a, it's a chore and it's going to be like this for another two and a half months. So hey, anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Go to realityseed.com today to check out your recap of last night's hometown dates and thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. And we'll be back tomorrow with yet another one. Remember, new time, 7.45 a.m. Eastern time is when I upload it into Apple Podcasts. It should be there no later than 8 o'clock Eastern time. So until tomorrow, thank you all for listening. See you.